Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashach. And Mashach grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horea, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, Moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness, for I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, and apply them to the four Hebrew letters 
Yod Hey Wah Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth and lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name, of Yahuwah forever. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom. Welcome to Talk, Teach, and Test My Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abed Yahu or Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of our Master, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, whose name is Yahuwah. I speak to you in the name of Yahusha, Hamashiach, our Elder Brother, our King, and our Eternal High Priest. On today's show, we have part three of understanding how Torah was strengthened by the renewed covenant through Yahusha HaMashiach. Uh, we have went over part one and part two on last week, 
And I'd like to first and foremost send everyone an apology that's listening on the line today uh, because I was unable to attend on Sunday. I was very tired and exhausted. However, I am refreshed and ready to bring forth the instructions to you. So on today and tomorrow, we'll be continuing our teaching about how the Torah was strengthened through the Renewed Covenant, and then on Sunday, we will bring forth another instruction, especially for those of you who have come out of the church and you have now walked into the knowledge of the truth. So that is our schedule for this weekend as far as the radio podcast is concerned. Uh, if you missed part one or part two of this teaching, you can always go to www.blogtalkradio.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there should be a magnifying glass. Um, and type in Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio and click on the magnifying glass, and you will be able to see over 1,400 broadcasts to choose from over the years. Or you could just Google up Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio, and there are many different podcasts to choose from. For an example, if you have an iPhone or iPad, you can always go on to iHeart.com. I believe there's also Pod Paradise and many more options to choose from, okay, especially for those of you who like to put the recording on MP3. So that way you can download into your computer, phone, or even into your tablets. All right, hallelujah, so you'll be able to do it that way. Talk, Teach, and Test for Radio. Today it is brought to you by SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth, by the Palmer Family Foundation in California, by the Bullock Family Foundation out in Arizona. Also, it is brought to you by the Marciano Family Foundation, hallelujah, and also by the Jones Family Foundation out in Nevada. And for all of you that have been praying for your brother and all that you have done for Talk, Teach, and Tesla Radio, I say Tuda Rabah. Thank you so much. Also, we are kicking off our Zoom instruction. We have Zoom discussions. And we try to do it twice a day, Monday through Thursday. Um, They are at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time and 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you have to check your your listings. Um, It would be 11 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. It would be 9 o'clock a.m. and 4 o'clock p.m. if you are living on the West Coast. So if you would like to attend one of our Zoom discussions. Uh, We are talking about the abomination of desolation and Christopagan terminology. If you'd like to join us, please email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I will give you the link so that you can join in. Now, as far as Friday, Saturday, and Sundays go, we only have one Zoom discussion. Today it will be at 3 o'clock. P.M. Eastern Standard Time, 2 o'clock P.M. Central Standard Time. If you're on the West Coast, it will start exactly at 12 noon or midday. All right, so if you'd like to join us on today, please email us at 
talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I will be able to get you right in. All right? Hallelujah. Uh, at the start of our show, we always play Proclaiming the Name of Yahweh by our dear brother, Brother Bennett. We, we love how he talks about, you know, especially this is the time that Yahweh has been awakening his people to come back into his righteousness, and this is done for his name's sake, for we are to proclaim the name of Yahweh. So it is imperative that we understand that we can continue now to sing praises unto the name and to magnify the name of Yahweh. Um, this is the following disclaimer, because I'm done with the announcements. The disclaimer is at, as follows. On Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio, we speak nothing but the unadulterated and uncompromising word of truth. We do not sugarcoat when it comes to the instruction that Yahuwah has given unto us. We are here not to impress man. Uh, we are not even here to try to please man at all. We are here to please Yahuwah. We do a lot of instruction and in teaching, breaking down the Hebraic mindset pertaining to the Debar or to the word of Yahweh. So it is very, very important uh, that if you do not have any type of understanding pertaining to what is being taught, uh, please take notes. If you have any questions or concerns, you can always email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com and Always research the research, okay? Don't take my word for it. Take Yahuwah's word for what it really is, for his word is truth. It is the absolute truth, and this is what we teach from. We do use the King James Version just to show people where people might look at, but we go even deeper than that because we go into more ancient text so that you can receive the proper revelation and insight so that is what we do here at talk teach and testify radio um, if you like to share these particular teachings you may do so you do have the green light to do that hallelujah because the good news or the basore should be spread throughout all the four corners of the earth and we do have people listening from all over the world um, paying attention to talk teach and testify radio so I am very honored and excited that they are starting to open up their eyes all over the world to listen to the word of our dear and beloved Heavenly Father. All right, let's go into our show on today. We're going to be talking about today a little bit of what Paul said. Uh, and we're going to talk about the spiritual intent of things. Uh, a lot of people is asking the question, well, what happened to the Torah? Uh, we spoke about the difference between the traditions of man, which the Pharisees practiced. Um, you talk about the Taganots, uh, which were attached to Torah. And then we also spoke uh, basically about Torah, uh, because the Talmud in the Torah is to totally different things. Uh, when uh, you talk about these Taganites, they were particular practices and rituals that was taught by the Pharisees to show individuals 
how to avoid from making a mistake in Torah. So they was doing more harm than good. There were two powerful components that is within the Taganites. Number one, you talk about the Taganah. The Taganah is positive legislation or practices instituted as laws by the rabbis indirectly on the commandments of Yahweh. Okay, so that was the Taganah. Then you have what they call the Gezerah, and the Gezerah is preventive legislation. These were what the classical Pharisees was doing, instituting such things into law, and they were intended to prevent violations of the commandments of Yahweh. It's like going around the bush, if you will. Uh, such things as how to pray, when to pray, okay, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So these are the two uh, type of legal tools that they use pertaining to their enlarged legislative powers that was practiced in classical Yahudim law, okay? We're not talking about Torah yet. We're still talking about the law of Yahuda, or later on it became known as uh, Judah or Judea. The Taganites not only were they awful and they were like plagues, if you will, on the truth, they had invaded and polluted the Torah of Yahweh, especially when they came back from Babylonian captivity. And these commandments of men, these traditions of men, were elevated by the higher powers as laws in the Yahudin society. The Torah was no longer the standard of righteousness with the Yahudin, but rather the Talmud was. So the Talmud is a collective, a massive collection of rabbinic traditions that was added as laws man-made laws that were not even anointed or given by Yahweh. This is what the Pharisees was practicing. Okay. How many pages is the Talmud? They say it's about 62 pages long. Okay. The Talmud was the basis of all codes of the Yahudim law. In that time, in the time of Yahusha, the oral law of what they called the rabbis. Remember later on, Yahusha told the Talmudim not to call anyone rabbi, for there is only one that is great. Rabbi means a great one or the great one. So you was prohibited from even calling a person a rabbi. So we don't even understand why today the Jewish community called these teachers rabbis, or that is starting to bleed also into different areas. Uh, we hear it in Christianity a lot. We hear it with the Messianic Jews, even those who are, quote, unquote, in the Nazarene community. They should know better not to even call anyone a rab or rabbi. Uh, the oral law of the rabbis was considered to be the law of the land at the time that Shaul spoke out against these man-made laws. 
just like Yahusha did. Okay? So, Yahuwah's, you know, Yahusha's message to the Yahudim, as far as, you know, keeping the Torah of Yahuwah, keep it simple and put your heart into the simple things that Yahuwah requests. I'm quite sure you've read in the Renewed Covenant about the Torah is not burdensome. It's the flesh that makes it burdensome. Okay? We are to keep the commandments of Yahweh, not the commandments of men. Yahusha came to restore Torah in the writings of the prophets to show us how it should be done. We'll go over that on today. Not to destroy or to abolish them, to get rid of. You can imagine how Yahusha was at odds with the establishment of Pharisees and Sadducees. The Sadducees did not even know who they were worshiping at the time. They came from the northern part of Yashariel. So they were Gentiles, if you will. Yahusha was hated by the Pharisees because he literally overturned the system of the Tegonites, stripping the Pharisees of their power over the people. The rabbis made it very complex in the Talmud because there were so many human laws or techniques that was added to Yahuwah's Torah. And as a result, there was hatred that was toward, or enmity that was toward Yahuwah's Torah because of total frustration. The people were held to the Talmud not the Torah of Yahweh, and it became too heavy to bear. And there was no consideration given to the spiritual intent, doing it with your heart. Of course not, because of the frustration of trying to keep man's law. There was no consideration given to the spiritual intent, no consideration even given to the letter of Torah. This is the environment that Yahusha had to walk around and confront. Yahusha was the Nebi or the Nebi. He was the prophet that Masha said would properly teach the Torah and to restore it from human laws, and he will also reveal its spiritual intent. The Yahudim were badly in need of correction. And they needed to get back to the instructions in the teachings of Yahweh. Yahusha did come to abolish the Teganites, that law, not the law or the Torah of Yahweh. And that didn't go very well with the establishment of Pharisees and scribes. Shaul continued the assault even after Yahusha went to go sit at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, both men, both Yahusha and Shaul, who people know as the Apostle Paul, were in effect executed by the religious establishment. They were what? Public enemy number ones or threats to their power. With each generation of mores, they teach the Torah of Yahweh. But the Talmud is still kept and it is still today 
growing and growing because of each new generation of rabbis who man has selected and appointed to govern over them, not Yahuwah. Yahuwah has nothing to do with these rabbis who teaches all about rituals and not teaching relationship. As we come into 2020, we see the Talmud getting more and more complicated and complex. Yahuwah expressively forbidded us to stay away from the Teganot, for we are not to add nor take away from his instructions. Let's start reading from the book of the bottom, Deuteronomy chapter 4. I wanted to go ahead and bring you a very solid introduction for this weekend. The bottom, chapter 4, here's what it says. Now, therefore, hearken, O Yahshariah, unto the statutes and unto the judgment, which I teach you for to do them, that you may live and go in and possess at the land which Yahuwah Elohah of your fathers give you. Now, when we say Elohah, is basically saying your fathers. And it brings it singular. He is the only mighty one. Verse 2 says, You shall not add unto the word which I command you, nor shall you diminish aught from it, that you may guard at the commandments of Yahuwah Elohim, which I command you. So, Yahuwah gave us instructions. Number one, do not add unto the Debar, which he commands us, nor shall we diminish from it, which means to take away or to try to weaken it. You will hear in Christianity that the law, quote unquote, was already too weak for the nation of Yahshua to keep. That's what they teach you. Yahuwah kept it simple for his people. These instructions in these teachings, which is called Torah, does contain law, judgments, and ordinances. That's what we just read earlier. The commandments. These are the things that you ought to and ought not to do. Okay? We live in a society, and I'm just going sidetracked just for one moment. But we live in a society where there is so much disobedience that is in the land today. And we're not just talking about the land of Yasharia. We're talking about period on this earth. And we're wondering how come the abomination of desolation is on its way. Brothers and sisters. This is what we must continue to abide by when you talk about the particular instructions. When it comes to speaking about Yahweh and those things that he has assigned us to do, we are to keep them, correct? We are to uh, 
do it with all of our heart, with all of our minds, and with all of our spirit, with all of our strength, we are to keep it. Okay? So it is very important. But we live in a society in which it seems like it is so hard for us to keep his instructions. Well, they teach everybody this time in and time again. And because of these particular religions of traditions, and I, and I love to say that, and we saw a lot of people try to practice these things uh, during what we call um, the Peshach, this has been taken over individuals. These, this tradition, this religion of tradition, and you better believe Tradition is going to get rid of the Torah. That's what tradition does. Now, when it comes to who started all of this, when you talk about Nimrod, his religion of traditions, it solidly broke the everlasting covenant, which we call the Shabbat. This second coming, of Yahusha, when he comes back, he's not coming to bring shalom. He's coming to bring destruction to these religions of traditions. Everything will be wiped clean, all of the traditions and the decisions of the councils, especially when it comes to the Jews. Everything will be reset, rebooted to the living words of Yahuwah only. Traditions are so anchored to family and cultural bonds that any attempt to meddle with these traditions is useless. You see people holding on to the Easter eggs, the Easter bunny, holding on to Christmas, holding on to St. Valentine's Day, even holding on to the blowing of the candles for their birthday. It's not saying uh, that you should not observe your born day. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the tradition and cultural things that come with it, especially when it comes to the things of the heathens. And we were taught not to practice the ways of the Gentiles. The only way that the religion of traditions is going to evaporate is when Yahusha comes to burn this down because fire does one of two things. Number one, it purifies. And number two, it destroys whatever is in its path. Yahuwah has assigned the master teacher, Yahusha, to be our only teaching authority. Our behavior should be very different, like Yahusha's, when it comes to the religion of traditions. The father, the traditions of the fathers, I'm quite sure you've heard of that term, was the religion of the Pharisees. It was given with a very heavy yoke. When we know that Yahuwah's yoke is light, men have rejected the teachings of Yahuwah, and they have invented their own yoke of human traditions to take its place. Most people have no idea how far that they have fallen away from the truth. But here comes the Nazarene, hallelujah, the repairs of the breach, teaching the commandments, 
as it is written in order to shake the hearts, put it back on the potter's wheel, and let the will of Yahweh shape it back to where it should be. And the outcome, it should be Ahab or Ahaba. Love is the outcome. When we talk about the religion of traditions, we work with people, right, who keep these uh, religions of traditions, but we don't observe them. We're free. This is what the Torah does. We're free of those bondages of traditions and religions, or if you want to say religion of traditions, because we abide and we live and dwell in the word of Yahweh, not man's. We reject strongholds that are in those traditions. Religion is tradition. Come to the spiritual reality of such. Know that the will of Yahweh that was done through within Yahusha was spiritual reality, the truth. The fruits of his Ruach was quite evident as you continue to read. The mother of harlots, Mystery Babylon, is the pattern of this religion and traditions. Ears will start to turn away from the truth because they want to hold on to their religion of traditions. I'm going to have to do a teaching on that on next week when it comes to to the religion and tradition. But that is the point that I'm making. The point is this, is that we must continue to stay strong in the word of Yahweh. Study the letter and ask Yahweh to help us to guard, to protect his word. Let's talk about, for the last 20 minutes, let's go over the many different things that Yahuwah spoke through Yahusha pertaining these human traditions. We went over Mariahu, remember that? Mariahu chapter 15, right? About how the Pharisees, wanted to jump on the Tamedim, the disciples of Yahusha, because they rejected the traditions of the elders. Let's read that right quick. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, Matthew 15. And let's start with verse 1. This is coming from the Brit HaKadasha, the renewed covenant. Then came to Yahusha scribes and Pharisees, or Pharisees, who were of Yerushalam, saying, why do your Tabmedim transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. But he answered them, saying to them, why do you also transgress the command of Elohim? Because of your tradition. For Elohim have commanded saying, respect your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whosoever says to his father or mother, whatever profits you might have received from me, 
has been dedicated is certainly released from respecting his father or mother. So therefore, you have nullified the command of Elohim by your tradition. Let's go back to see how the Pharisees seemed like they had more power than Yahuwah by making up their laws. Let's go back to verse 4, and I'll read it slowly. This is coming from the ISR um, translation from 1998. Very, very accurate translation. For Elohim has commanded, saying, Respect your Ab and your Emma. And he who cursed Ab or Emma, let him be put to death. Now, you have to understand this is one of what we call the ten mitzvah or the mishpat, the ten commandments. So why is the Pharisees preventing the people of Yahudah from keeping the commandments that was written on stone by Yahuwah himself? Respect also means to honor. So I'm quite sure you read that. Honor thy father and thy mother. Not only did Yahuwah write it with his finger of judgment, but he also spoke it to his people. Respect your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whosoever say to his father or mother, whatever profit you may have received from me have been dedicated. It certainly reads from respecting his father or mother. So you have nullified the command of Elohim by your tradition. Society today is teaching children how to disrespect their father and their mother. Now children can emancipate from their parents. They can, quote, unquote, divorce their parents. Isn't that something? And we as Nazarene must teach our children from the womb to the tomb to respect their elders and to respect their fathers and their mothers, respectively. Anything else is uncivilized. They have nullified the commandment of Elohim if they're following the religion of traditions. Verse 7 says, hypocrites. Yasha Yahu rightly prophesied about you, saying, This people draw near to me with their mouth and respect me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The lob, L-A-B or L-E-B, the heart is also the mindset. So their lips are speaking good, but their mindset or their heart is far from Yahuwah. Listen to what else Yahuwah says through Isaiah or Yahshua Yahu. Yahushua said, but in vain do they worship me, teaching as teaching the commandments or the commands of men. That's what they were doing. They was getting rid of the commandments of Yahweh and replacing them with the Taganites, with the traditions of men. So even Yahuwah saw this coming. That's why we love the fact that he is eternal. He can see all, and he knows all, and he knows the hearts, the imaginations of the thoughts of the hearts of men and how they have tried to sugarcoat it. 
Yahoo shall fail out of favor with the Yahudim elite. But he found favor with the people of Yahudah because he came in to restore the spiritual intent of Torah and the writings of the prophets. Fulfill. Let's talk about fulfillment of the Torah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. We're just going to do this briefly. We have spoke about this time and time again on Talk, Teach, and Touch My Radio. Here's what it says. I'm going to read it from the King James Version because a lot of people like to read it from there. Think not that I come to destroy Torah or the Nebaim, the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but I came to fulfill. So the first thing you would think in the English, oh, yeah, fulfill. I don't have to do it because it's been done already. Hey, the Mashiach did it, therefore I don't have to do it. That's not what that term means. The word fulfill in the Hebrew means, watch this, to bring to realization, to carry into effect, to cause the will of Yahweh to be obeyed as the way that it should be. Fulfill also means that the promises of Yahweh was given through the prophets, was given to Abraham. Isaac and Yacoub, was given to Masha, was given to Malek Deud, King David. These promises was given so that fulfillment can come, and Yahusha came to bring that. He came to, watch this, to accomplish or to carry out what was done, what was spoken. He brought what was spoken into spiritual reality, spiritual fulfillment, or to bring the spiritual intent of what Yahuwah was telling his people. Yahusha did not come to abolish the Torah in any way. As a matter of fact, he strengthened the Torah. He elevated it, even to a higher standard. Let's give an example, and I'm speaking hypothetically. If People now feel that they are now under the law of the spirit. And we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's lesson. But let's say you come and you believe in the Messiah and you want to be saved. Do you know that when you come into covenant, with the Most High through the Messiah, now you have a greater responsibility of keeping Torah as opposed to getting rid of the Torah. Now you have been elevated to a higher standard of kingdom living. Now you have been introduced to a higher standard of the culture of righteousness. No longer is committing the physical act of the sin or no longer looking at the physical act is the sin, but the spiritual intent, the why they did it, the thinking, what did you do to plot to do this sin? The act itself, brothers and sisters, 
is the result. It is the math. It is the answer to the spiritual intent of the heart. If a person continuously sins, its spiritual intent is lustful and it is full of sin. But if there's a person who is sinless, then they have the perfect spiritual intent. I wonder why Yahusha told the woman to sin no more if it was not even, if the woman was unable to do so. The Torah, through the renewed covenant, has been strengthened through its spiritual intent. If you are at Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, let's go to Matthew chapter 19. Let's read about the young rich man or the young rich ruler. And let's see what Yahusha has to say to the spirit about the spiritual intent pertaining with this young man. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Once again, I read it from the ISR. And see, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good shall I do to have everlasting life? And Yahusha said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except one, who is Elohim. But if you wish to enter into life, guard the commandments. He said to him, Which? And Yahusha said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear your false witness. Respect your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have watched over from my youth. What do I still lack? He's done everything by the letter, which is good. But listen to what Yahusha says in verse 21. Yahushua said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in Shamahim, and come, follow me. And when the young man heard the word, he went away sad, because he had many possessions. And Yahushua said to his Tamidim, to his taught ones, truly I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter to the reign of the Shamahim. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the needle of an eye than for a rich man to enter into the reign of Elohim. And when his taught ones heard it, they were very astonished, saying, Who then is able to be saved? And Yahusha said unto them, With men it is impossible, but with Elohim all things is possible. It takes us back to Ezekiel, when he says, when we have the Ruach within us, he will lead us, he will have us to do his commandments and his judgments and his ordinances. He will cause us to walk in them. This is called walking in the Ruach, walking in the Spirit. You're walking not only by the letter of the Torah, but also its spiritual intent. Because of your amunia, your absolute belief, you believe in Yahuwah and his word. 
and because you also believe in the predestinated plan of salvation, which was done through Yahusha, you keep the works of Torah. This is what we're talking about, faith and works. When the Christian talks about the works, they talk about the miracles. Love should be coming out your pores because Yahuwah is love. He is Ahab. A lot of people, a lot of teachers, teach the letter or the stone of Torah. And they even teach as preemies. They are spiritually premature or immature. And they are not to teach until they understand its spiritual intent. We'll go over that tomorrow. The letter of the law does not give you righteousness. It is your munia, your absolute belief, which is counted for righteousness, just like your father Abraham or Abraham. And Yahuwah wanted Abraham to continue to walk in that righteousness. And what did he do? He gave him instructions, teachings, Torah. You don't receive Torah for salvation. You receive it because you already have salvation, if that makes sense. The letter of the Torah is nothing but a written training aid which teaches you what sin is, and it shows you true righteousness. And this is how you know that you are on the right path of its spiritual intent. Based on what? Your loving obedience to the Torah that is now written in your heart. People on social media have been saying, well, guess what? They're going to collect all the Bibles. They're going to burn them all up. But the words of Yahweh would never fade away. Because if you love him, you will want his word, his Torah, his instructions within you. Here's a, a powerful parable to look at. And, and we'll go ahead and close on this note. When a egg is broken from the outside, it destroys the life itself of that egg. But when the egg is cracked from the inside, life is given. Did you get the message? The message is this, is that the outer appearance, that's the traditions and the customs, that's going to bring death. But if you bring forth your belief, within the inside and let it shine to the outside and people should see your intentions, your pure intentions and Yahuwah will be able to see the transparency of your love, of your mindset, the transformation, not the confirmation, not staying compromised in this earth. But better yet, you have been confirmed by the Ruach HaKadosh that you are his child. That's where the eternal life comes in at. And a lot of people don't teach this. How dare do these preachers and these bishops teach you that you could be rich and go to heaven? 
when Yahusha simply said, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the reign of the Shamaim, into the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the needle of an eye than for a rich man to enter to the reign or into the kingdom of Elohim. This is where we're going to end that on today because I did not want to get too much into the spiritual intent too much because I want to leave some for tomorrow. Okay? So we will continue this instruction on tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Okay? 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. For those of you who are in the central time zone, if you are in the Pacific, it starts at 9 o'clock a.m. Hallelujah. All righty. So that would do it for me. This has been another talk, teach, and testify instruction. For those of you who would like to join our Zoom discussion, this is done courtesy of the Kingdom Harvest and Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. You may join us by simply emailing me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. We will start our lesson in two hours from now. It will probably be 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon on the West Coast. If you are overseas, it's probably be evening, and we would love to have you with us as well to join us in our scriptural studies. That'll do it for me. My name is Abed Yahu. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Testify instruction. Guess what? For those of you who are keeping it traditionally, your Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom unto you and yours, and we are back on the air tomorrow at 12 noon. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom to one and unto all.